0: Welcome to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick and We speak with the father of a local animal rights activist who was killed in 2020. Jagmeet Singh says he's unsatisfied. Find out what's in the federal budget and why the NHL still has a long way to go to address inclusivity and learn about Interval House of Hamilton's greatest needs. The JMH podcast starts now.
1: This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML
0: truck driver has pleaded guilty to careless driving causing death of an animal rights activist in 2020. Her name was Regan Russell, and the 65-year-old woman was demonstrating outside the Fearman's Pork Processing Plant in Burlington in June of 2020 when she was run over by a truck as it pulled into the plant. Andrew Blake appeared by video before a court in Halton yesterday and pleaded guilty. The maximum penalty for careless driving causing death is up to two years in prison and a fine of $50,000. Regan's family and friends were also in and outside the court yesterday to honor her legacy. And joining us now is Bill Russell, the father of Regan Russell, who joins us on Good Morning Hamilton. Bill, good morning.
2: Good morning, sir.
0: What do you want people to know about your daughter?
2: I want them to know what my daughter stood for, and she certainly did this with great regularity. She was standing for, against animal oppression, and that's the very word and uh, sentence structure that I used on her tombstone. She was fighting animal oppression when she was killed.
0: When did she pick up this fight? Was she a lifelong lover of animals?
2: I think almost from the crib. (laughs) She was an animal lover. You would always find Regan. First of all, we lived in Dundas when uh, we were raising her uh, as as a baby. And you would always go outside and see her. There she would be sitting beside the lassie dog that was next door. That dog let her do anything, and everything she ever did to that dog was love it. (laughs) You that deliv- when she
3: was two years old, with her arm around Lassie and her thumb in her mouth,
2: and that was heaven to her. And that was Pat, my wife, telling you about our
0: daughter. <laughs> Hello, Pat. Thanks for joining Hi. the call with us. Hi, <laughs> uh, Bill. You delivered a victim impact statement in court yesterday. What was your main message? I
2: beg your pardon. Wh- what was uh, you wanted the main message of mine?
0: Yeah, of your victim impact statement.
2: Well, of course, it's not just missing Regan. It's missing Regan's care. She was forever coming down saying, what would you like for supper tonight? Uh, Where are you going? Oh, you have to get a prescription? Come on, I'll go with you. This type of thing. Her care was giving all the time.
0: And Pat, what do you want Regan's legacy to be?
2: Well, naturally, we would like Bill
3: 156 repealed, that would be the greatest thing for her, because that's what she was fighting for. But we don't know uh, how that's going to happen. Um, the, the animal activists are still fighting for it. So that's the only thing I could say.
0: Do you think we're closer to overturning that bill or changing that bill?
3: Well, we never hear anything about it, do we? You know, it's passed and okay, that's closed. We we don't hear um, what uh, what is happening now. Is there a chance of an opening and we can get
2: in on it? I don't know. But that is what we're going to start working on. It's high time this bill was known a little more popularly. When I say popular, I mean that people know what it is and what it does and how it is getting under the people that are trying to broadcast what's happening to animals. Yes.
3: It should not be a crime to report a crime. That's right.
0: Yeah, let's let's not forget Yeah, let's not forget Regan and a bunch of others were at this uh, processing plant protesting the treatment of these animals. They were trying to get their message across and, and and we had a tragedy.
2: Yeah. Along with the fact that they are protesting the way the animals are transported to yes. death. It isn't
3: just that they're being killed. It's the way they're being treated on the way. And uh, uh, pigs are very intelligent animals. And this was their their uh, project to make it easier for them.
0: We have one more minute with Bill and Pat Russell, the parents of Regan Russell, who was tragically killed outside a pork processing plant in Burlington. Uh, coming up on three years now, what was it like having the support of so many of her colleagues, her friends, uh, oh, at the courtroom you have yesterday? No
3: idea. <laughs> Uh, around the world it isn't just the people here in the district it is the people around the world we we got um uh, immediately we got a big box of letters from um Bristol a group in Bristol England yeah England all expressing their their support for us and how sorry they were we they um a whole lot from Mexico from Australia Turkey Uruguay All over the world, it was incredible, and it's
2: still going on. One beautiful letter from a fellow in Germany who said, I simply love the way your daughter operated, and I've been shaping my life around her.
3: Yes, they've all been influenced by Regan. Yes, inspiration. And they have said this and continue to do so. Down in Mexico, they're holding out big placards and banners with Regan's picture on it. Wow. You know,
0: that's incredible. That is tremendous, and that's an awesome legacy that Regan Russell will have. Bill, Pat, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you very much for your time this morning. You're welcome. Thank you. That is Bill and Pat Russell, the parents of Regan. Russell should mention that the judge did accept the Crown's sentencing recommendation, recommendation me to order uh, Andrew Blake to pay a $2,000 fine, attend 12 months probation, and not to operate a motor vehicle except for travel to and from work.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: Federal NDP leader Jagmeet Singh says he is not satisfied with the supply and confidence agreement that he signed with the liberals one year ago this week, saying he could do a better job than the current government. Now, as you probably already know, that deal expires in 2025. But it sounds like Singh is having some sober second thoughts, or at least saying out loud, that he would be able to do a better job than the PM. Joining us here to talk about it is Sam Routley, the doctoral student in political science at Western University. Sam, good morning. How are you today? Yeah, good morning, Rick. How are you? I'm good. Let's uh, let's start with the last part of that. Singh says the supply and confidence agreement is proof to him that he can do a better job running the country. Is Singh just politicking here and and blowing smoke? Uh, I mean, what else is he going to say? I mean,
4: for the most part, it's generally um, political. I think that uh, all of the leaders and all the parties are kind of um, looking towards the next election. The, the general vibe that you, you get in Ottawa is, is that there's that, that, that sort of election era time kind of mood is, is being generated. Um, but at the same time, I mean, he's had to uh, compromise with the federal government and also kind of potentially, you know, overlook. Um, some of the faults that the Liberals have engaged in to kind of keep this the supply and confidence um, agreement in place.
0: Does Mr. Singh's thoughts indicate to you that he is ready to pull the plug?
4: I mean, it, it's unclear. I think up until this point, um, he's he has said similar things in the past, you know, calling out the, the Liberal government for things that the New Democrats don't necessarily agree with or don't necessarily accept. But I mean, at the same time, he's he's never really drawn that line uh, to say that you know this is this is a requirement for this agreement, or if the government were to do this, uh, we would withdraw our withdraw our support. And it, and it doesn't seem like he's prepared to do that, at least in the uh, in the immediate in the immediate future.
0: That's a great thing to point to because what what is that line? What is the issue? Because since uh, he signed the deal with the liberals, we've had. Uh, Well, evidence of Chinese interference in our elections leaked by CSIS, a a national conversation about whether we need a public inquiry into this. Uh, The Ottawa Convoy and the Emergencies Act uh, and the inquiry that was held there. What is that? Is there an issue that Singh is going to point to to say, all right, enough already?
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's unclear. I mean, they the. New Democrats did side with the conservatives uh, last week, I think to pass a uh, a motion not a not a binding one but 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 a motion nonetheless to uh, call for a public inquiry and it and it's unclear that if the conservatives, for example, um, really want to push you know an actual inquiry um, require the government to actually put one in place you know or are the new Democrats ultimately going to side with them it's unclear because um while uh, the new Democrats can sort of complain about what the government's doing wrong. I mean, they can, they can maintain that sort of distance from them. They they still really, in some way, benefit from the agreement, right? That they get a lot of kind of policy concessions and make a lot of policy impact um, in a way that they wouldn't um, if, the, if the agreement wasn't in place, or if there was a majority government by either the uh, liberals or conservatives. So, so they do have a kind of stake they do have an interest in kind of keeping this going if they can if they can kind of pull that off
0: our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Sam Rutley, doctoral student in political science at Western University. We're talking about the supply and confidence agreement between the liberals and the NDP and uh, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh recently saying he's not satisfied with it, um, saying that he could do a better job than the current government. And you you kind of referenced some of the, the gains that the NDP has uh, incurred in this agreement. Um, Because Singh, you know, I, I would give him a lot of credit for being a big part in pushing the government to adopt an expanded dental care program, uh, the pharma care program, uh, you know, come the next election campaign. This will be the interesting part. Will voters, do you think, give more credit to him or the prime minister?
4: Yeah, it's an interesting question because, I mean, the, the conservatives, for example, have been really attacking uh, the New Democrats as, as being uh, sort of uh, subservient or or not necessary or or supportive of the government right uh, and and commu- using that to communicate that they're sort of the real uh, genuine alternative so i mean moving to the next election campaign the, the the way in which the new democrats will be able to kind of distance themselves the, the, they they kind of have this 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 paradoxical challenge right that on the one hand they have to separate themselves from the government but at the same time they have to communicate that a lot of the policies that that very same government put in place were kind of uh, at their initiative. And so um, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, this isn't, the idea of the new Democrats helping the liberals, um, keeping them in power um, for policy concessions isn't new. Um, it's it's happened repeatedly over the last, you know, 60, 70 or so years. So, I mean, you know, a lot of Canadians, especially kind of of the older, variety may not be totally surprised or may not be totally kind of impacted by it and, and, and kind of making their, their vote decision.
0: Conservative leader Pierre Polyev has most certainly put Mr. Trudeau in his target. Is is that a strategy that will work? Does he have to pay any attention to the NDP and, and maybe try to split that left-leaning vote?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, the Conservatives are really trying their hardest. Uh, to kind of define the election as being between these two sides, right? That 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 the option facing Canadian voters is, is between the Liberal incumbent or the the Conservative alternative. And I mean, the Liberals also stand to benefit from from kind of trying to downplay the, the NDP too um, to to consolidate that sort of center center left vote on on their side. And I mean, if you look at if you look at funding numbers and if you look at polling numbers, um, the NDP aren't in a terribly good place Um, and it's really unclear exactly how they're going to get out of that um, unless uh, the liberals manage to kind of lose a lot of that support on the on the center left and i mean this kind of ultimately contributes to the fact that they're keeping this government in power because they uh, I think they're they're afraid of, of, of what could happen if, you know, come an election. I don't think they really serve the benefit.
0: Last one for you. you got about 30 seconds, our uh, poll question of the day today, in which our listeners are asked to uh, vote at AM 900 CHML on Twitter. Do you think Mr. Singh is going to stop supporting the governing liberals anytime soon? We have three options. Yes, within this year. Yes, but not until next year, or no, he's going to continue to support it until the next election is called. What's your best guess, on when this all ends?
4: I mean, I think it's 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 going to go on until at least twenty twenty five, and I mean, I think it, if uh, if I can hazard a guess, I'd say it goes as as long as they can. Um, I don't think that there'll necessarily be a uh, election before there has to be one, unless unless there's some sort of massive um, scandal that, that essentially ties the hands of of the new Democrats. But I mean, given the fact that, that they're not seemingly willing to do that with, with sort of China interference stuff, it it seems kind of like there isn't really going to be a situation that that'll lead to that.
0: And the last thing we need is another scandal. Sam, appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us.
4: Yeah. Thanks, for having me.
0: Sam Retley is a doctoral student in political science at Western University, chiming in on the supply and confidence agreement between the Liberals and the NDP.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. We still want to see confirmation of the dental care expansion.
5: Canadians cannot afford to eat, heat, and house themselves. Will he show a little
1: bit of restraint and commit to no new taxes? We've demonstrated every step of the way that we're there to support. Support workers. Are, we're there to support Canadians.
0: This is Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Finance Minister Christopher Freeland is going to present her latest federal budget today, and it is expected to include some relief for Canadians. Franco Terrazano is the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation and joins us here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Franco, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Doing good. Thanks for having me on this morning. What do you want to see today? Well,
5: like, let's go with two broad things, okay? Stop the tax hikes, stop the Member of Parliament pay raise, because just in a couple days, on Saturday, we're set to see the carbon tax go up, higher gas bills, higher heating bills, higher grocery bills. We're also expecting to see higher alcohol taxes April one. And then on the same day, the same day they raise your taxes, they're going to be taking higher pay as member of Parliament Pay also goes up April 1. So we think it's pretty simple ask. Hey, try to make life a little bit more affordable. Try to make life a little more fair for taxpayers and stop the tax hikes and stop the pay raise.
0: Uh, we've also learned that today's budget is going to include a uh, temporary boost to the GST rebates to help pay for uh, rising grocery prices. That I, w- I would think would be a checkmark.
5: Well, you know, it, it, it's going to be good to give some people some of their money back. <laughs> but, let's cut out the middleman and just cut taxes in the first place, because essentially what the government is doing is taking a whole bunch of money out of your left pocket, then giving you some money back in your right pocket. And you know everyone's struggling with groceries right now, and it's good that the government at least acknowledges that. But the problem is is that on the other hand you're you're having the carbon tax go up, and the carbon tax directly increases the price of groceries in, in two or two or three ways. Number one, when you increase the cost on farmers families pay more at the till. And the carbon tax on propane and natural gas will will cost farmers about a billion dollars through 2030. But of course, the higher carbon tax also means higher diesel prices for those big rig truckers that bring everything to the store that will also influence and raise grocery prices. So, I mean, the problem with this affordability plan is essentially it's like the government's going to total your car, give you a bike that's two sizes too small, then sit back and wait for a big thank you.
0: Some pundits have said that any tax cuts in this budget could fuel inflation. you are going to put money in the pockets of Canadians, and they're going to go out and spend it, and that'll boost inflation once again. What are your thoughts on that?
5: Well, I think that's just incorrect. Uh, The whole point of the carbon tax is to be inflationary, right? I mean, and that's according to the government. The whole point of the carbon tax is to increase the price of gasoline and to increase home heating bills. So you reduce the carbon tax, you reduce gas prices, you reduce heating bills, and you reduce the cost of everything associated Uh, with gasoline or diesel, essentially everything which is shipped by truck. Um, So I just think that's incorrect. And I think it's also incorrect according to the government's own numbers. But we've also seen analysis from the Parliamentary Budget Officer. The PBO shows that the carbon tax will cost the average household anywhere between $402 up to $847 even after the rebates. So you remove the carbon tax and you save families hundreds of dollars every year Uh, which could be used for a uh, couple trips to the grocery store
0: for a family of four. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Franco Terrazano, Federal Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, as we preview today's federal budget from Finance Minister Krista Freeland. She'll deliver that at four this afternoon. What are the chances she does provide a balanced budget today?
5: (laughs) 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 Yeah, (laughs) Oh, you caught me off guard there. Um, Look, I mean, that's what we're hoping for. We've been calling for a balanced budget for quite some time, and in fact, it would only take very, very, very modest spending restraint to balance the book in this next budget year. They only have to bring spending back to pre-pandemic levels, which were all-time highs, and we could even adjust it upwards for inflation and population growth. But I don't think they will. Unfortunately, you know, we've heard the finance minister actually talk, or at least say the word fiscal prudence. But uh, true fiscal prudence requires more than just repeating the phrase a couple times in a speech. Uh, we're actually going to have to see them cut spending. But we haven't really seen uh, anything from the Trudeau government to give taxpayers any uh, true belief that this government will ever balance the budget.
0: When's the last time we did have a balanced budget? Oh, I think it was just before the government came
5: to power. I believe about 2014, 2015, uh, the government sneaked out a balanced budget. But again, it kind of depends on how you're uh, counting the bucks. But it's been a long time. Uh, Mr. Trudeau did promise us a balanced budget back in 2019. He missed that by about $20 billion. The Parliamentary Budget Officer is forecasting a balanced budget all the way there in uh, 2041. So uh, it looks like uh, almost two decades of deficits if the government keeps on the track that it's on.
0: Well, Trudeau did say the budget would balance itself, so I guess (laughs) it's going to (laughs) (laughs) take a little bit of time. Franco, always appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on this morning. Franco Terrazano, Federal Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. You can watch the budget proceedings this afternoon at 4 on Global TV and globalnews.ca. And here's some of the highlights here on 900 CHML in the news at the top and the bottom of the hour. And Scott Thompson on Hamilton today will have a full recap as well.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: For the last number of years, hockey has tried to become more inclusive. We've seen it in arenas we've seen it on TV commercials and ads online and elsewhere from hosting pride night events and you know showing support for the LGBTQ community and online or social media campaigns the sports biggest league the National Hockey League has made some strides but it hasn't been all smooth sailing a handful of players on some teams this season have refused to participate in in team warm-ups when their club is wearing pride-themed jerseys. So while the NHL is trying to change its toxic culture and become more inclusive, it hasn't all been smooth sailing, as I mentioned. David Palumbo is the chair of the You Can Play project and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. David, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, for those who are unaware of You Can Play, tell us about what you strive to do.
6: Sure. Uh, you can. The You Can Play project was established uh, just about eleven years ago to honor Brendan Burke, who was Brian Burke's son, who had come out at the time, um, and unfortunately was killed shortly thereafter, about a few months after, in a car crash. And so his vision of having an, an inclusive sports word, world for all, uh, regardless of sexual orientation or gender expression, uh, was really the mission and it's the guiding statement. So for the You Can Play project, uh, we believe the focus should be on creating a culture of inclusion so that people can perform at their best uh, without any regard to sexual orientation. It should be the focus on your skill. Your, your passion as a teammate, uh, being a fan, a coach, or an
0: official. And yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I think most people, the overwhelming majority of people, agree with that. Yes. Uh, your reaction, Agreed. though, to some players not wanting to participate in these Pride events or, or Pride nights?
6: Well, you know, and as you, as you said, uh, Rick, at the outset, there have been a lot of strides made, lots of great progress over the last decade when it comes to inclusion in sports. So is it disappointing when someone chooses not to participate? Absolutely. Is it disappointing when they, you know, make a, you know, a narrative about why um, they're not participating? Sure. Because I think that then just demonstrates a lack of understanding of what this mission is. However, as you've also pointed out, the vast majority uh, of all the athletes that participate in this mission, it greatly outnumbers the lone, uh, the lone dissenters. And so that's, that's an important metric for all of us to keep in mind that even when you have an example, um, like Reimer, who decided not to, uh, for personal religious reasons, you know, the entire rest of the team, proudly donned that pride jersey um, and and was very supportive. We're seeing very vocal and visible allies on a number of teams, team captains, uh, basically standing up and using their voice and platform to say, hey, this is why it matters to us. This is a no brainer for us. And we're going to continue to do what's right.
0: There have been three teams this year, the Rangers, Minnesota, uh, I think Chicago is the other one that have canceled their pride night. Warm-up events, and that's the last thing we want to see is is shutting down the conversation.
6: Sure, you know it's um, taking the Pride jersey out of the overall programming is is it it's a disappointment because it is such a visible tool, uh, much like the use of Pride tape on the sticks. Uh, It is such a very visible symbol to those who may be looking for statements of support by very visible organizations like professional hockey teams. So no question. Uh, obviously, the preference would be to continue to use those jerseys. Um, it is only one aspect of the overall programming. And you mentioned, you know, the teams that did uh, decide to forgo completely the use of the jerseys. There was still a lot of pride programming, both leading up to the game and during the game with activations. And so if you look at Chicago, you know, they, they broke out the glamboni as they called it, <laughs> where they wrapped up uh, the zamboni and the pride colors and a, a, a a great visible symbol. Um, there was a lot of educational resources that was put out there as well. So no question, the pride Jersey has become a very visible symbol and it really is just simply a statement of support by the team and by a player who wears that to some kid looking at that. Uh, many of them idolize their hockey heroes and players and they want to emulate them. That's an important message to to replicate to everyone
0: got another minute with david palumbo chair of the you can play project we're talking about uh, pride night uh, events at the national hockey league as they try to change their culture and become much more inclusive and uh, as we've been mentioning they have made some great strides there in the minute we have left are, are you in constant conversation with the nhl to keep these events going or is there going to be a shift come next season
6: uh, no i think we're, we're going to this is we're not going to see uh, Pride Nights go away. Definitely. We're constantly in contact with teams, uh, with the NHL. Kim Davis and her team at the NHL, they've done a fantastic job, really, over the last decade in terms of where this mission has gone. I think you see that with the the teams as well, where they've expanded their own diversity inclusion staff members on there. It's this is definitely a movement. And so there will be moments along the way where we have to take a pause and refresh the discussion. But at the end of the day, this movement is bigger than any one person or team.
0: That is uh, well said, David, thank you for your time today and uh, continued uh, good luck with You Can Play. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That is David Palumbo, chair of the You Can Play Project. Uh, For their part, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman saying that the league had to respect some individual choices. Maybe we don't have to agree with them. Uh, Obviously, we'll have to respect what their decision is. Uh, But that conversation uh, still has to be at the forefront of what the National Hockey League and many other sports are trying to achieve here.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900CHML.
0: This coming summer, there is going to be a multitude of different fundraising events, everything from, well, you name it, under the sun, including a lot of golf tournaments. I mean, the CHML Children's Fund is a golf tournament. So too does Interval House of Hamilton's called Drives for Lives. And here to talk about it is Connie Smith, member of the board of directors, at Interval House of Hamilton. Connie, good morning. How are you? I'm fine, Rick. How are you? I'm not too shabby at all for a Tuesday, that's for sure. We have lots of things to talk about, including uh, all the amazing work that Interval House of Hamilton does in this community. But let's start with the golf tournament, because this is an important fundraiser. What should we expect later on this summer?
7: Well, it's uh, the 21st annual Drives for Lives Golf Tournament. We uh, It is a major fundraiser for us. Uh, our goal is $30,000 this year. It's held at Century Pines Wednesday, June 7th. Very exciting because post-pandemic, we're back with the full meal deal with a lovely dinner and an exciting evening following the golf. And we have um, an added attribute where you can bring a friend or significant other just to join us for the dinner later uh, for a smaller price. So we've got some great packages, one seventy five per golfer, and um, wonderful dinner planned at Century Pines, as always, their fabulous host. We're hoping spring arrives by June 7th, right?
1: <laughs>
7: <laughs> but we're very, very excited to um, welcome all our golfers. And have everyone follow Interval House of Hamilton because we've got some wonderful events coming up over the year.
0: And we're going to talk about that. And not only are uh, Interval House looking for players, but if you are a sponsor, if you'd like to donate uh, something to the golf tournament, you can go online to IntervalHouseHamilton.org. Again, that's Wednesday, June the 7th, Century Pines. It sounds like a great event. Uh, You mentioned I will
7: will be there, Rick. I don't know if I'll be on the golf course. I'm a little bit. Um, let's say I'm not an asset on the golf course But I'll be <laughs> visiting people and emptying the event And I really look forward to welcoming everyone to Century Pines this year
0: You are an asset wherever you go, Connie <laughs> Smith Don't sell yourself short The You mentioned the fundraising goal is $30,000 What is yeah. this money used for?
7: Our um, The services offered by Interval House are incredible uh, I'll talk about joining the board and what an amazing experience it's been for me But when you walk into the door at our emergency shelter, Victorian Friends, that is where our story begins for women brave enough to step out of living with abuse and violence. We offer safety, security, and sanctuary, but that is just the beginning. We are with women every step of the way. We help them through government red tape. We help them find housing ultimately we counsel them we help them find jobs we have women coming from the hospital with newborns up to four and five children we find beds for them we we feed them we we have birthday parties for the kids but our counseling services are quite extensive through Jared's place we offer legal services we have legal advocates that help women find help through the court system with them every step of the way. We had one woman living in a tent to escape violence. We met with her every day. We counseled them. We helped them with new starts in life. So everything costs more, Rick, as you know, food and housing and insurance at our shelter costs more. We have more women. Throughout 19 or 2022, we were overcapacitated almost every night at the shelter. So the need is great. Uh, costs are increasing, but it's the triumphs that that really empower the board members. And um, there is a lot to celebrate. And I'm all about good news, Rick, and Interval House is a good news story.
0: Absolutely. You can find out more information online, intervalhousehamilton.org. Since the start of the pandemic, the 24-hour emergency shelter, as Connie mentioned, Victoria and Friends, has operated at 133% capacity. How big of an issue is that?
7: It's amazing what a lot of hard work and dedication can do, Rick. We make room where we can, where we cannot. We find spots in neighboring communities. Sometimes women want to go to another city. They want to leave the geographic area. We'll find areas for them across the country in, in some instances. We rearrange rooms. If we have single women, sometimes we'll have to Um, put them into shared quarters to fit families in. We are working constantly to expand our services. We are um, hopeful to get more government grants and help in in making um, adjustments to the shelter to expand. It's a constant, constant um, labor of love, really. But there is so much good being done. And when we see women turn their lives around and come out the other end, showing that the bravery that they found within themselves to step into our door has changed their lives and the lives of their children forever.
0: That's another reason why the Drives for Lives golf tournament for Interval House of Hamilton is so important. The 21st annual event goes Wednesday, June the 7th at Century Pines. Get your tickets now. Be a sponsor. Be a donor. Be a player. Support the initiative. Uh, and you can get more info online, intervalhousehamilton.org. Connie, appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy your day.
7: One more quick thing, Rick. Yeah. we are celebrating mothers everywhere. May 13th was our first inaugural Mother's Day tea at the Historic Hamilton Club. So please bring your moms, bring your friends and uh, sisters, and join us for a wonderful inaugural Mother's Day afternoon tea, Saturday, May 13th as well.
0: That is going to be fun. Thanks, Connie.
7: All right, Rick. Thank you. Have a great
0: day. You too. Connie Smith, member of the Board of Directors, Interval House of Hamilton. Uh, Big fundraisers coming up and you can support them by attending those.
1: Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com.
0: The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast it's free so you never miss an episode and make sure you rate and review